Hey, Looking Glass listeners, welcome back to The Infinite Room, a little space in which Looking Glass imagines big things. I'm Andy White, ensemble member and director of community engagement, and welcome to our latest exploration of how theater can be an agent for change, be that social, political, psychological, spiritual, you name it. In previous episodes, we talked with David Schwimmer and Alexander Zeldin about the change that can occur when we're at the theater, watching a singular piercing, heart-rending, or guffaw-inducing, bone-shaking production, the kind that just rocks your world in some way. And we've talked with colleagues at the Chicago Workers Collaborative and Looking Glass teaching artist Jasmine Cardenas about how theater can be used to change the world around us, to literally change the working conditions on the factory floor, the power dynamics between workers and the people who hire and supervise them, to help people learn how to be leaders in their communities and more empowered authors of their own destiny. Today, we're going to talk about how the arts, and theater specifically, impact us as young people, shape how we grow into adults, and how, even when we face significant obstacles, say a global pandemic that makes it impossible to even just share physical space with our comrades and colleagues, how even then we can still continue to cultivate those creative seeds that lie within all of us. Joining our conversation to provide multiple perspectives are Mara Stern Caesar, the Director of Education at Looking Glass, Freddie Ramos, a teaching artist for Looking Glass and many other awesome theaters in the Chicago area, and Harmony Elise, one of the members of the Looking Glass Young Ensemble, a group of youth from grades 5 through 12 who collaborate throughout the school year, building theater skills, generating material, rehearsing, and ultimately performing two original plays each spring. This spring, those performances were undone by the coronavirus, but the group is still meeting each week virtually, as we'll soon hear from Harmony. Hi, Mara, Freddie, and Harmony. Thank you so much for joining us in the Infinite Room. Since it's infinite, we you know we have enough space to accommodate everyone. Pull up a chair, make yourself at home. <laughs> Before we get started, let's just go around the virtual table right quick and let people know what pronouns you prefer. I go with he, him, his. Mara, you? She, her, hers. Harmony and Freddie, how about you? She, her, hers. I use they and them right now. Mara, I want to actually, I want to start with you. You're the director of education at Looking Glass, and you now run all sorts of programs, residencies, which bring teaching artists into classrooms across the city, studio classes where kids can learn theater skills, a whole slew of summer camps, the young ensemble program that Harmony is a part of, which we'll, we'll get into later. Uh, and these are all in various stages of hold, given the pandemic situation we're in. But yeah. I want to really start with why and how you got into this work to begin with. What made you want to do this? Was there you know, an experience that you had as a teacher or as a young person that made you say, aha, this is the kind of work or play I want to do? Yeah. I mean, I as a, so I as a young person, um, you know, I participated in theater, but I was never really given an opportunity to like try and experiment and take ownership. It was really like, okay, you're cast as statue number four and you're going to have a line and then you're going to sit backstage for two hours. And that was uh, never anything that felt. Come on. Um, statue number four is a, pr is a pretty great role. <laughs> yeah. It's meaty, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> it never really felt good to me. 
I also was somebody who really struggled academically in high school. I was like in the tough classes because I intellectually really enjoyed them, but felt really lost in the sort of everyday world of my super busy school, which is something that my brother also experienced. And he is really a big inspiration for me in terms of my work in education, because I then in my senior year had the ability to, I guess my junior year of high school, have the ability to do this play that was Fires in the Mirror by Anna Devere Smith. But we had this director who really wanted us to take the lead and take ownership over the piece itself. And so we did a lot of devising and um, organic creation. And the end result was really a piece that we felt ownership over, um, which then affected my schooling. I felt like suddenly I had ownership over myself and my ideas and I knew how to advocate for those advocate for those um, and then had the ability to take that into the world with me um, my brother had a similar experience where he was really really lost in school and the arts gave him an outlet to find some ownership over something and so I was really inspired by both of our experiences when I entered my adulthood in thinking about my sort of version of theater and the arts and um, what I wanted to do. And so I now, when I approach arts education, think about that ownership piece and think about how the arts give young people the ability to master what's in front of them, and then advocate for that mastery in their lives on a whole. Young people can look at what they're doing in their lives in, in, a, in a different way. And that's something that's, that's really exciting to me in arts education is providing that outlet for advocacy and for self-advocacy. And through that, um, the lens of you know, trauma-informed care, and social justice and allowing students to have voice through the arts from the age of kindergarten until, you know, the age of 95. That's super interesting the way you're uh, describing it as an outlet. And in some ways it's really an inlet, right? Mm -hmm. That by giving people an opportunity to, as you describe it, have mastery over or, or participate in the creation of something and discover their own voice and have a role in the creation of something. So they're not simply just statue number four, hey, go over there, stand like this, put this expression on your face. But you have a role in determining what this piece looks like. Mm -hmm. that, that then can bleed over outside of that realm, but into, the, into, the, into your, in this case, into your larger life. It helps you discover, it helped you discover other things about yourself where you begin to take authorship of other aspects of your life? Well, I'd say art can benefit people's lives in so many different ways. Like people can use it as a form of like release or just as a chance to kind of look at different ways of life or like to better understand, like to be more empathetic as a person. And for me, I'd say like it has, the arts have like kind of impacted me internally in a lot of ways. I mean, it's helped me to become like more empathetic person and I've been doing it for so many years that it's just kind of like, it's, I mean, it's helped me to become and see who I am 
well, you have to feel a lot of emotions when you're acting, like whether that's like in comedy or in like drama, and that kind of helps you to um, be more caring when you're around like different people or um, like if a certain friend is going through something, it helps you to be able to listen and um, just kind of understand how they're feeling when they're feeling these emotions. And I think similar to what Harmony voiced, like I think there's something about the ability or the capacity that the arts have to uh, help folks to connect to one another in ways they might not expect. Thinking about my own journey, when I was in college, one high school, I started learning improv, and then I wanted to carry that into uh, college. And I did, but in a way that was unexpected because um, I ended up starting an improv troupe. I auditioned for the uh, ones that existed on campus at the time. Didn't get in, which was very sad and frustrating. I cried a lot about it. But then I met other people who also... Uh, you know, tried out, but but didn't have the opportunity because of the limited space that the the structure of of uh, the organizations had, and we ended up creating a space that allowed us to to practice and learn and grow, and we connected to each other through that. Right. So I think um, um, what that really taught me was just why not have spaces where everyone can practice and people who maybe don't see themselves as having artistry within them uh, or creativity, how can those spaces, you know, how could we provide that option for people? And I think that's part of what brought me to teaching artistry and to this conversation. My experience has been um, in this life so far has been that oftentimes we're told that there are classes, there, there's like a class of artists. There are the people who are paid or were paid before the pandemic to, you know, act on stages, right? Or build stages. And then there are the people who sit in the audience. And what I think the experiences that I've been through so far have taught me is, well, everyone can create and have that space. And some people might choose to be paid for it or might have the opportunity to be paid for it. But that doesn't mean that anyone else couldn't learn or that they don't have creativity or artistry within them, right? And so I think it's more for me about shifting the culture to be more about everyone's an artist and how do we activate that rather Mm -hmm. than how do we train specific people to, you know, um, take a Stanislavski's class or something like that. Well, I I think the the work that the Young Ensemble does, which hopefully mimics to some degree the work that the quote-unquote grown-up ensemble has done. Harmony, um, I know that there's always time for that kind of creation by the group, sometimes in the context of the classes that you do in the fall and sometimes in the context of the productions that you do in the spring. I just wonder if you can talk a little bit about what your experience has been of creating plays together have you felt like you know are are you statue number four (laughs) as Mara described it or do you feel like there's a little bit more organic generation from everyone in the room I don't know how the adult ensemble is I've seen a lot of the shows and they're amazing but I definitely feel like with the young ensemble it's not like 
oh, I'm being put in this spot. Like we get to decide a lot of how, what we're going to do. We have a lot of um, input on the, like the creative process. And I think it's just um, like great that we can all do that. And everyone's like learning from it. And, and just, it's kind of, it's a very open space. Well, I've been in the youth ensemble for three years and the past three years we've been helping with like writing the scripts and I feel like that's a really great thing because we can um if there's like one character who we want to tweak a little bit we've been able to do that and yeah it's just it's been amazing. Freddie given that Harmony was just sort of speaking to this um collaborative version of art that the young ensemble does Um, Can you speak a little bit to what your work in the classroom looks like or elsewhere? And if it includes any of that, um, that sort of thing that Harmony is speaking to where collaboration and input from the young people is key. What collaboration looks like very much varies from program to program um, in my experience. Right. Um, And also from like group to group, because when you get a group of any people in a space, they're going to have their own dynamics and that's going to underlie all of the work, right? That, that happens. I'm thinking specifically about some work that I've done with Looking Glass. A few years back, there was a production of a play called Beyond Caring. And I had worked with uh, Cindy Castro, who's another teaching artist who's great and out in New York right now. And we worked with the um, elementary school age children of some uh, workers and in that work we had made masks right we had done exercises where we had thought about like what different jobs were and sort of working together to to create scenes right and then more recently there was a production of her honor jane Byrne that had to be closed due, due to the pandemic and the young people that i worked with at shy arts were taking letters that they wrote. Um, They wrote letters in response to uh, power figures in their own lives. So the mayor, the governor, the president, uh, the head of CPS, other folks, right? And then started to create some tableau or frozen pictures in small groups in response to these letters and then shared that with each other um, with the intent of like thinking about what are some demands that we might ask of people in power uh, for the betterment of our lives, right? Harmony, in thinking about how um, these two examples that Freddie just spoke to, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit um, about what you do outside of Young Ensemble. I also dance and I, I paint and I write sometimes and there are like a lot of things that can give like anyone that sort of like kind of adrenaline rush. But um, I definitely uh, do a lots of things um, that give me that. I think painting is kind of a great way to like show creativeness and just like a, a different side of your brain, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um I do, I have currently been working on some songwriting during this um, quarantine. Um, and I, well, I also do like on-camera acting. 
and that's something that I really like. For my birthday, uh, my birthday was in April, um, and I got a like kind of like a mini keyboard, and I've had a piano at my house for a while. So I've been like working with those two and writing songs on the piano and also like composing, just kind of trying out like <laughs> a series of words and because this is kind of like my first time actually writing a song. So I'm just working and seeing what's, uh, what, how I feel with certain things. And I mean, it's coming together. It takes a lot of practice. So yeah, I've just been working on that. I've been, also been working on my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's a great time to do like work on a lot of different things. So I've been doing all of those. It's interesting, Harmony, that you talk about uh, uh, drawing because I feel like I'm I'm actually doing a similar thing right now where I'm I'm turning twenty seven. I turned twenty seven this year, right? So that means it's your Saturn returns. Uh, as I understand astrologers uh, and that's like a time of a big shift in your life. Right. Um, And I feel like so many things have been shifting for me. One of those things is I've noticed that my writing craft and primarily a writer is starting to become like a cartooning craft or there's at least a writing and drawing mixture happening and it's moving away from theater. Uh, I'm working on what I think is, uh, going to be a young adult novel and I've been drawing a lot around it. I've been writing a lot around it and it's been super exciting, but also challenging because like I've never written a novel before. It's such a big project. I've worked on projects in the past that have sort of crashed and burned or felt that way for me. And so, so I've been working on that. And I think speaking to what you were saying, Andy, about, you know, why it's necessary in this moment is that, you know, this experience of pandemic, for me at least, and for some folks that I know has been really traumatic because we're alone or if we're not alone, then we're not doing our usual work routines. Like there's a lot of unpredictability. There's a lot of just chaos. And I think like arts work or arts practice, I should say, can be really grounding when there's so much uncertainty and there's so much chaos. And not that there wasn't before this, right? There totally was, but like, I think hopefully this moment shows uh, more and more people. If If you don't know where to turn to, right? Or if you don't know where to feel safe or what to do in this moment, you can always come back to yourself and you can always come back to a pen and paper or to your voice work harmony or to, you know, something. You can come back to that and, and, and find comfort in that. And I think that that is um, one reason why having arts practice in, in any way for everyone is so important essential in this moment. I think what some something that this experience is teaching me is that I'm sort of an audience for myself in a way. And like, what's the performance of living your life in this time, right? And what, what can that teach you? And then when we're able to get back into spaces with one another, you know, how do we bring that in? But like, how are we performing and how we live (laughs) and are we entertained? Are we Uh entertained by our daily lives? Are we stressed out (laughs) or what, you know?
I'm thinking so much about theater as democracy right now across the board and that um, we actually can utilize our theater skills right now if we have the ability to and the energy to um, to advocate, right? It's what I started talking about in the first place that like a part of performance can be social justice and it can be political work and it can be advocating for ourselves. So I'm not to, this is not to say that we need to, as performers, put pressure on ourselves to get involved politically right now. But I do think if we're looking at outlets for performance and for speech, that's a good outlet. (laughs) Just throwing that out into the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally don't, uh, uh, I'm trying really hard right now not to put pressure on myself because the work week is challenging and, um, you know, Freddie speaks to trauma, right. And this sort of collective trauma that we're experiencing right now, going through something like a pandemic is really challenging. Um, and the, need for us as artists and administrators, arts administrators to stay flexible and um, swivel quickly into looking at what is next has taken a lot of work and energy. And because of that, I'm being really gentle to myself right now. And so I'm spending a lot of my time um, when I can doing things like yoga and meditating. My artistic practice pre-COVID-19 was really collaborative. I am finding the time right now to rest and recuperate in hopes Mm. that when we can collaborate again, I'll come back with full gusto. Freddie, when you're working on this novel or writing, Harmony, when you're dancing or singing or acting or writing lyrics to songs... Can you just talk a little bit about the your frame of mind when you're in the act of creation? I think for me, it shifts. Uh, for this particular project, um, I noticed that when I'm drawing, like a, a sense of calm does sort of wash over me. This is a project that um, it's looking at like... Um, I'm a Puerto Rican descent. And so from my own ancestry, I come from people who are colonized, but we're also colonizers. And I sort of see that dynamic play out in my own individual life. And so when I work on it, that, um, that experience, I feel like I'm sort of trying to work, work out what I should do with myself as a person carrying that and carrying my story and carrying the things that I've been through. Um, And so at some moments, right, like I feel very calm and at some moments I might cry or some moments like, you know, I might feel empowered or other moments I mean, not so much. And so it really, it really shifts. Um, It really shifts from day to day for me. But I think mm-hmm. what underlies it all is is the sense of like this is this is what I need to do for my own sort of to go from here's something I don't know what to deal with or how to how to do how to deal with this this challenge right to hopefully coming to a place of peace by the end of it so that's that's um 
that's the journey right now for me. It changes like the weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Same for me actually. I was just gonna say it kind of also depends on like the time of day, like the what the weather is outside, like the actual weather. I'm a night owl, so I'm very like like I think a lot at night. So sometimes I'll be laying in my bed and I'm just kind of thinking about what I can do now that will help me. Like once we're all done with this COVID-19 and this quarantine period and just things that can just kind of help me just in general. I still have like school during the day. So sometimes we have like a lot of assignments. So it depends on that. Sometimes I need to just get away from my assignments for a minute and just work on something like productive for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like if I'm like my brother and sister and my mom are here with me and sometimes like my brother and sister are playing and I'll just get inspired by something that they're doing to go and write something. That's cool. Or yeah, just all these fun things or meaningful things for me. Uh-huh. And something yeah. I love, harmony that you're speaking to is like is is a part of the reason that I do arts education right is that like yes that that the arts and the practice of the arts can can give us the outlet that we need to express what we may not be expressing when we're in class right or can give us the outlet to like Mm -hmm. see what's happening with our siblings and take that and feel it like you said earlier empathy right you like feel what they're feeling and you're inspired so you get to go make something else from that right and I think that that's so exciting to me because even students who have not had any arts practice before we enter a classroom get the opportunity to to experience and process what they're managing on a day-to-day basis through the arts and that I think, and we've talked about, we've been saying the word restorative. I think that is a really restorative practice, even if you don't maybe consider yourself an artist. Can you talk a little bit about the pleasure of working in an ensemble back in the day, or hopefully in the not too distant future, when we can again? Um, of you know, what 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 do you get out of that? Of working with a cast, a group of people that you know get together. Well. I guess the first thought that came to mind actually was like the idea that we're all in a cast right now, like a global cast. <laughs> like we don't, we don't, right? We don't get to be in the same room, but we actually do have to work together to keep each other safe, right? With the masks, with like the hand washing, with like, you know, dealing with not knowing, improvising in a way in a terrible way in the face of this, right? So it just makes me think about, you know, what what we're able to do to, to be a part of that effort and, and like being mindful of what we could still do to, to support that. But thinking about the future, mm-hmm. like in a, in a time where we're able to be in rooms together in larger groups, mm-hmm. we have to come out changed right and we have to come in to classrooms like i guess thinking about what harmony's saying like with more empathy or like making it easier for folks to be in rooms right like we're seeing so many people right now who don't have the means to like even quarantine 
right? Um, so how do we have the means for people to be in spaces for an extended period of time to learn, to make sure that we have the art supplies that we need, to make sure that we have the costumes, that we have the time, or that people are paid to do what they need to do, right? So I think just thinking about how do we come into the future even more resourced and with even more care is something that I'm thinking about. When we were um, like collaborating with why like we had all these master classes and things and we've been doing that um, on like more virtually and it's just been um, it's actually really helpful to still have like that place where we can go and still be learning things and be around um, other people who are learning with us and and like I was just talking to Mara about how uh, like we could do a virtual show and just things like that. So Young Ensemble has pivoted slightly, but we've still been meeting online. Um, and something really beautiful that's been happening is that our Young Ensemble members, and I'm I'm new to, to you all, right? Like our Young Ensemble members have known me only since the end of January. Um, and something really incredible is happening where actually our online collaboration has created sort of an equal playing field. And so because we're all in this platform where we're learning together and we're learning at the same time, um, I'm seeing folks like Harmony step up and say, hey, I actually have this idea. Is it cool if I pitch this? Or like, hey, can I lead this meeting today? And I, think you can just sit back for the Q&A section and I'll ask the Q&A of our ensemble members who join us, right? And like, I'm actually loving the, the virtual collaboration that we're all having that I think was starting before, I mean, definitely collaboration was happening in a huge way with Young Ensemble, or as we call it, YE, before COVID-19. But I think now that advocacy piece is starting to sort of rise up in, in all of you and that you're finding a way to say, yeah, we were a collaborative ensemble before and now we have double the amount of voice because we have to rethink how this thing works. And I'm seeing us all work together to rethink in the era of COVID-19 and what happens after what that ensemble will look like, which feels true to what Looking Glass's general ensemble does as well. Well, Mara, Freddie, and Harmony, thank you all so much for joining this conversation. And I really hope we get to be back in a real room together, you know, sometime soon. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Fred. Thank you, Andy. So right about this time in every Infinite Room episode, we'd like to give a signal boost to one of Looking Glass's many community partners. And since we've been talking today about the ways that art and artistic practice can transform lives, we want to let you know about Art on Sedgwick, an amazing organization in the heart of Chicago's Old Town neighborhood, dedicated to fostering creativity and connecting our community through the power of art. I'm going to quote briefly from their website, quote, through innovative arts classes and collaborative events, we teach creative reflection and expression, engage our diverse neighborhood, and help individuals and our community connect with the best part of themselves. 
End quote. And I will just add that having worked closely with the team there and co-taught as part of Looking Glass's ongoing residency with them and seen firsthand the impact on the youth and the community, I can attest to the truth of that statement. If you go to their website, and you should do it right now, you'll see a lot of great videos, interviews, pictures of the great work that they do, and you can find them at artonsedgwick.org. Thanks. We also want to give a shout of thanks to one of the primary supporters of the work that Looking Glass does in classrooms all across the great city of Chicago, and that is the Polk Brothers Foundation. They were one of our first supporters way back in the day, and we're honored to have them still with us after all these years, helping bring teaching artists into classrooms to kindle the very sparks we've just been talking about. So thank you, Polk Brothers Foundation. And if you like what you heard today, and you believe in the power of art to transform lives, whether because you've seen it happen for others or you have experienced it for yourself, please consider a donation to Looking Glass, which has an abundance of education and community-based programs across Chicago. You can do so at lookingglasstheater.org. Our artistic director is Heidi Stillman. Our executive director is Rachel Fink. Audio engineer is Stephanie Senior, and our theme music is by Rick Sims. Please check out the Looking Glass website, lookingglasstheater.org, to find out about other episodes of The Infinite Room and other ways you can stay in touch with the Looking Glass family. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you next time. And in the meantime, please stay healthy, strong, and powerful. Thanks. Bye.